Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We're brawling this team. The guy yells over the glass. Go back to the NHL, Preston, you loser. Can't even say it with a straight face. It was a good beak. When we'd roll into a bigger center, they'd say, go back to Winyard. Uh, go back to the NFL, where I was making more money and doing better. I'd like to. Thank you very <laughs> yeah. much. Where I was flying on the charter with the uh, double-wide leather suits and the filet mignon. Yeah. Working on it. This is the Rod Peterson Show. All right. Welcome to the RP Show. As the man said, Reek Regan, our big voice man in Wichita, Kansas. We're coming to you live on the Game Plus television network. We're also live streaming on YouTube, and we're on the radio. WQEE 99.1 FM, your home of Southern Sports and Talk in Metro Atlanta, Georgia. And we're having fun. This is always, every segment of this show is fun. But here's where we really involve the viewers and we recap all of our topics that we're getting to as we open a brand new week post-Labor Day. And I do believe that we have the co-host, Darren Moose DuPont, with us, who, which, by the way, I mentioned in the sports update, the Players of the Week in Canada West Football Conference, that's Canadian University. We should mention this before we go back to our NFL topics, our CFL Labor Day, our NHL Metropolitan Division predictions. You called the Bisons and the Rams Friday night at Investors Group Field in Winnipeg. And it was a huge upset. The Rams won it. I should give you a second to talk about that. Yeah, big upset. I mean, Bison's number six ranked team in the country coming in. And the Rams lost their starting quarterback, Josh Donnelly, before the season. So you got this young rookie in Noah Pelche who came in. And I love young kids when they play rookies because they don't worry about making mistakes. And this kid's a gunslinger. He played really, really well. And they're, the Rams' defense, there's this kid, Anthony Bennett. He's from Weston, Florida, coming off the edge. He had three sacks in the game. He was unbelievable. Um, and so the Rams made a big statement. They might be, you know, for real this year. So it was a fun one. Yes, so they worked their way into week two. Uh, Oleg's watching in Winnipeg. This is, again, where you viewers can st- and listeners can steer what we're talking about here today. As you can every day. It's the most interactive show on television and now radio and in the podcast world. But Oleg in Winnipeg says Metro Atlanta's fine, but I'm pretty sure Metro Winnipeg loves RP more. I love uh, Winnipeg too, as much or more. But you know, we're new in Atlanta. We're we're making new friends there. And um, believe me, I'll get to these CFL topics, but I want I want to say something else. I went to that Florida high school football game. Friday night. And we didn't spend nearly as enough time on that other than to say Cardinal Gibbons High School, home of the Chiefs, they're the 32nd ranked team in America. High school football. Think think about that, Darren. The number 32 ranked team in the USA. Like, a lot of Canadians would go, number 32. Mm. How many high schools do you think there are in America? Thousands. 32nd ranked team. And I would say this, 
Some big boys on that Chiefs team, Cardinal Gibbons, the defending 4A state champions. I think they would give a Canadian junior football team a real run for their money. They're big, they're talented. I should have put some photos on my Instagram of some of these players that I thought looked 35 years old, but I didn't want to be that guy, that creepy guy. Why are you walking out here taking photos of our players, Rod? Well, he's got a full beard, man, and biceps the size of the rock, but he's in grade 12? I digress. <laughs> I just say these guys are studs. So my point is, uh, with our college football coverage on the weekend on social media and this website, uh, on rodpeterson.com, people said, is this the new you? I said, it's not the new me. We're just adding to what we do, adding the college component in America. But we'll still do the staples that you all love. And one of our viewers, our priority one viewers, Todd Pinkney, writes in and says, the Regina Pats blue and white game is tonight. Let me just pause on this before we go back to a couple other things. While I would be eyeballs deep in the Regina Pats hockey team intra-squad game most years, I'm not anymore. So somebody's going to have to report to me what goes down. But the number one prospect in the National Hockey League draft, Connor Bedard, will be on the ice tonight in that game. So I want to report. If somebody wants to live stream it, I'll watch. But I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it here. But I will say this, Moose. There's an NHL scout who's watching this show. I don't want to name him. He says he texted you last week about going golfing and he never heard back. I'll just, so, so you know who I'm talking about. Uh, he, we look. talked about, oh, you missed it? Okay. I clearly um, we did. Just, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, now that I say that, I don't want to say too much, other than Sam Steele. That's what made me think of it, the Regina Pats. Uh, Regina Pats star, Team Canada World Junior star Sam Steele has left the Anaheim Mighty Ducks and signed with the Minnesota Wild. I wanted to know why, and what I heard from the hockey world is that the Ducks wanted him, but it was simply a financial thing, and that's why Sam Steele is now skating with the Minnesota Wild. All about money. And just think about it. The Anaheim Ducks have a lot of young stars that are going to be icing. By name, Troy Terry, Jamie Drysdale, Trevor Zegras. Not enough money to go around. It was a money thing. That was, the, that was mainly the thing. We all know hockey. We all know Sam Steele. He's the kind of guy you'd want to have on your team if you could. And it all came down to money. Uh, the Hockey Club podcast is watching in Tallahassee and says the official college football team of the RP show, the Florida State Seminoles, with a big win against LSU. Stop. They may be your. You keep them for your podcast, the Seminoles. Mine is the Alabama Crimson Tide, and they rolled over Utah State. It was ugly. It was 55 to nothing. There was... The, the lopsided scores in college football on the weekend were somewhat distasteful. Not to mention your Michigan Wolverines. What was it, forty-four to ten? Some who they play? Fifth, they was, hit fifty-one these, over Colorado State. Yeah, so that part I don't like. But it's the, it's a Crimson Tide show here, and a Wolverine show there, and up there in Tallahassee, uh, you can have the Florida State Seminole. And of course, uh, they missed. They they won on a block convert, so I wouldn't be running around getting too excited. Jeff, the Stams fan, writes, and he says, I'd like to think I'm the world's 32nd-ranked rider troll. I think you're number one, Jeff. I think you're, 
I think your top three at the very least of trolling the Canadian Football League, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and their fans. Can I spend a minute on this for something that is outside of sports? It didn't make me feel real good to hear that there were two maniacal killers on a killing spree across my home province over Labor Day weekend. And I'm sure everybody's heard it because it's been on all the major news networks around the world, not just CNN and Fox News down here. And I'm wondering, Darren, 10 people killed in a killing spree by two guys, one of which has now been found dead. I was worried about my home province, friends and family, obviously. What was it like being, and what is it still like being there knowing that this, the one remaining killer that's still alive has not been caught? Yeah, everybody's on high alert, Rod. And just to kind of give you an idea, in, you know, in my situation, you know, I went to Winnipeg. I was at the lake last week up in northern Sask, went to the lake, came back to the Queen City for the rest of the weekend. Leanne was still up at the lake. She's calling, you know, saying, did you get these alerts? We're getting the emergency alerts probably three or four times per day. Those emergency alerts are going off with latest updates and what's going on. And, you know, lock your doors, don't pick up hitchhikers, stay away from sp- suspicious people. You know, all of a sudden there was an amber alert or an alert that came, not an amber alert, but an alert, emergency alert, that they were spotted in Regina on Arcola Avenue, and which is nowhere near the First Nation, right, um, where everything went down. So everybody's really on edge. Everybody's on high alert. And then there's more reports, you know, about gunfire and are they related? So. You know, it's a stressful time, for sure, in the province of Saskatchewan. Yeah, well, again, I put whatever words, if they mean anything, in my column, uh, which was posted Monday to rodpeterson.com. But now's the time to come together, use the media and social media to communicate effectively, look after each other, and certainly stay safe. Um, I don't, well, as a matter of fact, I know it's not time to be finger-pointing. I mean, I can't believe there are people saying that Rough Riders should not have played the game on Sunday against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the Labor Day Classic. This was a developing story. How could you, not for one second did I think that they should cancel the game, let alone pause or delay it? I don't know. I think with some people, I think with some people, and these, this is really... I don't want to go down the COVID road per se, but they would prefer you just sat home and did nothing. Stay at home, lock yourself away, and that way you'll be safe. No, you need you need to live. You need to play the game. You need to let the authorities do their job. But what is what is your take on that notion? Have you even heard? No, you're right. I'm sure you have. I, I have. I have. In the crisis, in the crisis, in the emergency, in the moment is not the time to be pointing fingers, you know? And whether the riders should have went ahead with the game or not went ahead with the game or what they did or what they didn't do or who gave moments of silence or who didn't, that's all stuff that we can look back on later and criticize or analyze how people dealt with situations. That's what we're supposed to do. And if we don't like the way people dealt with situations, then we elect new leadership or we make decisions and make make changes and evolve. But in the moment, in the moment of an emergency or of a crisis, it's not the time to be pointing fingers in any situation. Well, and I'll just point this out. All our viewers are pointing out it's one eleven Eastern, eleven eleven Mountain, so be aware of your thoughts. Uh, I would say that if you're pointing that out and you're noticing, you're certainly on the right track. 
But again, I think that's just people that want to point fingers and want to raise a stink. And um, the show must go on. You know, that is a fact. It's not the first tragedy to have happened before. Unfortunately, it won't be the last. So all I would say, all the appropriate measures were taken. And I see from the viewers here, um, Andrew Stout says, we are looking over our shoulders, Rod. I'm, I'm sure you are. So please be safe and look after each other. Back on point, Tiger Cats guy is watching. We got a 111 watching now on YouTube. Interesting, too. Tiger Cats guy, I can only think, is watching from Hamilton. Back on point, he says, Hamilton fans need to realize this was Jamie Newman's first CFL start. The Ticats have to fix their offensive line and fire their offensive coordinator. We're still in this. Go Cats. Um, what a wonderful way of looking at things. Did I write down the final? I did. It was uh, 28-8. The Argonauts went into Hamilton. There's an optimistic fan. I want your take on this. Troy Aikman was quoted as saying over the last 24 hours, I saw it initially on ESPN today, that offensive coordinator is the hardest position in football. It's the toughest position in all of coaching of football. I'd love to know your take on that, Darren, and the viewers. I can't relate. I've never coached football. I've never played football. I related it to this. Sideline reporting, I believe, is the toughest job in our business. You've done it. I've done it. I think we've agreed that's the toughest part of what we do. The second toughest is what we're doing right now, or specifically what I'm doing right now, hosting a talk show. So I know the broadcasting realm. I don't know the football coaching realm. So do you believe with Aikman, or go with, along with Aikman, that the offensive coordinator position is the toughest to coach in football? Yeah, I would probably agree with that. I would probably say it's a split between the offensive and defensive coordinator. And here's the thing about being an offensive coordinator. And mm. I've done the, I've, I've held the role at different levels. And when you've got talent and you have everybody working together, being an offensive coordinator is the funnest job in football. And it is, it's, mm. it can be or feel easy because everybody's on the same page. They all understand what you're trying to do and things just work. When, when player A moves left, player, player B moves right at just the right time and he's wide open. The quarterback reads it. Everything is flowing smooth. They understand momentum and tempo and nobody can stop you. But when you don't have everybody working on the same page, you don't have the right athletes, they're not into the playbook and they don't understand what's going on, it is the most frustrating position ever because nothing works and then you literally don't know what to call or what to do and there's no success happening and then your offense is never on the field. So it can be very, very frustrating and difficult at times. I ask because... You've coached, and Jeff the Stamps fan says, I would think defensive coordinator is harder, and it would obviously always depends on perspective. Life comes down to perspective, but I would say that George Cortez is the greatest offensive coordinator the CFL's probably ever seen, save for maybe John Huffnagel, and even George would go along with that, because John Huffnagel revolutionized the CFL game. But you've met George. We spent time with him in Houston. Shoot, we went for lunch with him. I said, shoot. We went for lunch with him in Houston. This guy's coached in the Buffalo Bills uh, coaching staff. Um, Berkeley at Cal uh, in the NCAA. He's won five Grey Cups in the CFL. And, I did, and you know George now. He is a tactician. 
he would admit to being a bit of a nerd. And I can just imagine him as the offensive coordinator mentally just detonating the red button. I remember the 2001 Grey Cup in Montreal. I'm on the sidelines. It's Winnipeg versus Calgary. And the Stamps fans will remember Marcus Crandall just at the right time. I can't remember where it was in the game. But he unleashed this long bomb to Mark Bolrichter, Mark Bolrichter and just caught the Bombers' defense with their pants down. And I just in my mind imag- uh, imagine George Cortez just going, hee, 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 You know what I mean? Detonating <laughs> yeah. the charge at the perfect time. It's a feel. It's an art. So yes. I get where Aikman's coming from. To say that it's the most difficult, I don't know about that. But I could certainly go along with the fact that some are better than others. And he went so far as to say that there aren't that many good ones, even in the NFL. So we'll discuss that more when we come back. You see how people say this show is entertaining no matter what sport we're talking about? This is why. And you're watching on Game Plus Television. We're also live streaming on YouTube. And we're also on the radio on your home for Southern Sports and Talk, WQEE, Metro Atlanta. 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. RP Show continues. Thanks for joining us. Wherever you may be, across Canada or the USA. Interesting commentary from our listeners and viewers regarding the toughest job in football coaching. Don't put it on me. It was Troy Aikman that said, being the offensive coordinator is the toughest job in football. I would suggest he knows. But it certainly elicited a lot of um, response from our from the Rod Squad, as we say. Garnet. In North Battleford, writes that he says, Hall of Famer Howard Mudd's book on offensive linemen was an eye-opener. A quality offensive line coach is essential on any successful football club. Um, from Kurt, he's watching on YouTube. He says, so if things aren't clicking in the offense and say the quarterback is having issues reading things no matter what the offensive coordinator changes, should the head coach look at changing the quarterback, the starting quarterback like Calgary did? Let's spend a minute on that, and um, you Calgary Stampeders fans, step up. I think that's why our show is so popular in America. Even though it's the Canadian Football League, they like ball. They like gridiron talk, no matter the league. And i got to be honest with you, Calgary Stampeders winning their Labor Day Classic 32-20 over the Edmonton Elks Monday afternoon. It's the second consecutive week that they sat down their star, Bo Levi Mitchell. And he's from Katy, Texas. Jake Mayer, what's to think that Mayer's not going to start this Friday night, Darren? I know it was, did, how much of that game did you watch, by the way? The Calgary-Edmonton Labor Day Classic. I caught about half of it. Caught about half the game. Which half? 
Second half. Which, okay. So, okay. So you saw the best of Jake Mayer because I think yeah. in the first half he struggled a little bit. And let's be honest, you're going against a Chris Jones defense that is all about confusing a quarterback and causing problems and making the quarterback uncomfortable. They figured that out and came out and romped in the second half. It ended up being a pretty good game. And can I say again, those crowds in the Canadian Football League games on Labor Day weekend were amazing. The stadiums were either near full or, or full. But not enough is being talked about that Dave Dickinson went away from his star quarterback and how difficult of a decision that had to be. Why do you think nobody's talking about it? We brushed on this a little bit on Friday. It drew the ire of some of the Calgary media. And maybe that's the difference between America and Canada. You know that if I was up there, I would be digging at this thing until they put a bullet in me. The stamps, they'd be, shut up! We don't want you talking about it. I would be talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. That's the job, is to talk about it. They might not like it, but that's the job we have to do, to fill time and to create discussion and sell tickets and all of the rest. That's the job. You might not like it, but it's what we have to do. You know, I, I want everybody to be happy with us too, but, you know, we got a job to do, and it is a big deal. But Jake Mayer, you know, what did we say? You know, and I know Dave Dickinson's behind this too, right? I mean, he's the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders. But Wally Buono, Don Matthews, John Huffnagel, they always seem to know Mark Tressman, the best before date of players, right? They always seem to know when to pull the strings at the right time. We might not have made the move to take Bo Levi out. This guy's going to the Hall of Fame. It's one of the best we've ever seen in the Canadian Football League. But between John Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson, they pulled the string right at the right time, it feels like. And the era has just seamlessly moved over to Jake Mayer, hasn't it? Yeah, but the guys that are deemed that over the hill by those Hall of Fame coaches have historically gone on to other, uh, gone on to other teams to end their career and had quality finishes. G. Roy Simon comes to mind winning a Grey Cup in Saskatchewan. Jason Claremont, although not winning a Grey Cup in Saskatchewan, but appearing in a Grey Cup with Saskatchewan and being a starting member of the offense. So, yeah. So who's that team going to be that Bo Levi Mitchell finished his career with? Because I don't think he's finishing this year in Calgary, and he darn sure isn't finishing his career there. I want to spend a minute on the National Football League because it is week one, and we promised that we would. A week one primer. Again, we're airing on the radio in Atlanta. The Falcons have the Saints in here on Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. When I say in here, I'm not in Atlanta, but the show is. And I think it's going to be a dub for the Falcons in week one. So our poll question is, who do you think will finish dead last in the NFL this season? It's for Capital Automall. Universal Collision Center, Capital has dealerships across the Canadian prairies, plus the state of California. Leading the way, sorry to say, are the Dirty Birds, the Atlanta Falcons. What a year to start covering the Atlanta Falcons. But I think, Moose, it's good. Buy low, sell high. And I can't wait until the day comes that we stride into Mercedes-Benz Stadium as your home for Atlanta Falcons talk. We are the official, unofficial voice of the Atlanta Falcons, the Rod Peterson Show. But I know you don't read The Athletic. I do. And I'll read it for both of us. It's a little expensive. It's more than I'd like. But I read it. And they have a 
you, you'll find this interesting. I want your take on it. They went to their expert. I almost wonder sometimes how much expert these experts are <laughs> on any of the networks, newspapers, and leagues, but whatever. They took a poll of who's going to win the division, who's going to lose, who's going to finish last in each division. And in some cases, I just wonder how on earth could you predict a 100% chance of, let's say, the Kansas City Chiefs winning the AFC West? Because there are a 100% chance of some teams winning their division or 100% chance of the Atlanta Falcons missing the playoffs and finishing let's say, bottom three in the NFL. When you're in the same division as Tom Brady, what if Tom decides to retire in week four? How could you guarantee? I think the only way that they're doing that is they're saying 100% of our writers said the Falcons will miss the playoffs. There's no guarantees in anything. No, there's not. And it has to be 100% of the writers or 100% of our staff think this. And to be honest, I have a much easier time because it's all about our credibility, right? If I start making outlandish say, you know, statements and guarantees and none of them come true, it's my credibility, right? Um, you know, unless it's really just for fun. I have a much easier time saying I got a 100% chance the Houston Texans won't make the playoffs. Anybody wants to bet me, I'll do whatever you want. 100% chance the Houston Texans don't make the playoffs. But I'll never say 100% chance somebody wins the division because there's so many intangibles you know, that could happen. There's so many things that could happen that would affect somebody winning a division. So I would never predict that, but I could predict them missing the playoffs. I don't know, but sometimes I've worked in this business for 30 plus years and sometimes I get sucked down the rabbit hole and I feel bad for the readers and the viewers and the listeners that it's like, you ever got to the end of a podcast and said, I just wasted an hour of my life? That was me reading this article going, what? How can you say there's a 98% chance the Miami Dolphins are going to miss the playoffs? How could you say that now? But it was based on the votes of their experts. But if, as I spent more and more time in America, I realized these guys and gals don't know any more or less than you and I. They don't. Um, Colin in Ottawa says the CFL is terrible at creating hype, and I love the league. Not enough talk about the players and interesting storylines. See, that is the point. That's why I say Bo and him sitting is a pretty big story that nobody's talking about. And to be honest, though, the CFL and the Calgary Stampeders could sit back and go, see, we had over 30,000 at the game. See, we don't need you creating fake news and stirring up controversy. So that's my point. Is that, okay, we won't. We'll talk about other things. And the... So, and my point on all of this, not that I'm necessarily coming around to a point, but I don't know how much NFL coverage you've watched, but the New England Patriots are getting into South Florida today because Bill Belichick's saying, I don't think we can deal with the heat. And we're playing the Dolphins on Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium. And if we only get in the day before the game or Friday night, well, I don't think our guys can handle it. So they're coming down here. They're landing today and they're going to practice all week. And the question, Darren, here in Palm Beach County, of which I reside, what's Belichick going to wear in practice when it's 37 degrees Celsius at 8 a.m.? I don't know what it is now. Like, it is so hot. I was saying to Serena the other day, we were driving around in the Jeep, and I'm like, you know what it's like when there's a breeze here, Darren? You know what it's like? It's like a dragon breathing on you. 
It's not a break. It's fire. So they're saying, is Belichick going to wear his sleeveless bunny hugs? Well, they're not saying that down here. Is he going to wear his sleeveless hoodies? And proud. What's he going to wear? Muscle shirt? Could you not see Bill Belichick wearing a white beater? <laughs> strolling the sidelines? I could see it. Can you? I could I could see it too, actually. I really could, you know. Or there's got to be some sort of Under Armour, you know, cool gear, moisture wicking, something where you can cut the sleeves off it with a hood on it, right? And go to town on the practice field. But uh, yeah, that'll be fun. And that's interesting that that's the most talked about thing for the practice week is what's Bill going to wear at practice in the heat? Serious. Uh, Jeff in Winnipeg says 37 degrees at 8 a.m. Eek. I know, dude. It's a lot to handle. I'll be honest, but after living 37 below, I'll take this. And I can tell you that Floridians in the summer avoid the heat like Canadians in the winter avoid the cold, honestly. Uh, Not that I'm out past midnight very often. I can't remember when I was coming home from something here. Oh, it was the Dolphins preseason game against the Eagles. That's what it was. Remember I told you it was over an hour just getting off the grounds at Hard Rock Stadium? And I'm like, I'm coming back home here, and I'm like, there's a lot of people, (coughs) pardon me, (coughs) out for a walk after midnight on a Saturday night. But it's the only time that you can go and not pass out. Anyways, John Ohm um, says, he says, this show creates CFL hype. Love it. Jason and Red Deer says, nobody's talking because nobody outside of the fans and the Rod Peterson show talk about the CFL. And that's a fact. That's the point. We'll move on. We'll move on. But we will still talk more CFL than any other media entity in Canada, or at least national media entity. Some local ones do. Glenn Erickson. You know Glennie boy? He's watching, and he says 37 degrees at 8 a.m.? That's just medicine hat. Hot. (laughs) <laughs> happy hole in one glenn happy hole in one did he get or an ace like that on facebook didn't you like that on facebook i thought you liked it i just saw his name came up and i liked it i didn't really read it um is that bad no way to go though shop glenn mm-hmm. hey by the way so i'm <clears throat> we got mo Khan coming up here in a couple minutes time um, what I want to ask what everybody's paying attention to the most, NFL Week 1. For me, it's Cowboys-Buccaneers. I'm very excited. Um, obviously, planning to attend Dolphins and Patriots. I'm excited about that. I'm actually considering going up to Palm Beach where the Patriots are practicing and maybe watching a practice, if I can, if the timing works out this week. I just think it'll be a lot really cool. I think the view, you, really you've cool. known this for some time, but everybody else is pointing out or starting to get down with the fact that I've changed directions of my life and what I'm doing here, and it's hella fun. But I don't even know what the Titans have in week one. What do they got? We've got the New York Giants in week one, and that's interesting for you too, though, because some of the coverage I've read and been watching and consuming, the Giants are a team with a ton of question marks, but maybe surprise might surprise you. And I know they're in your division with the Cowboys. Their receiving core is really good, and they get Saquon Barkley back. And if he's good... Um, they might be a team that could hold your breath, challenge for the division title, the Giants. 
which people are writing them have, have written them off the last couple of years. So Titans and Giants will be an interesting one. Okay, I had written in my notes, so thank you. Titans and Giants, got it. For me, it's Eagles. So not the Eagles. It's the Patriots and the Dolphins and the Buccaneers, Cowboys, obviously. I had written in my notes, Serena Williams. It seems like so long ago. Obviously, I loved having three days off over Labor Day weekend. It was Friday night that Serena Williams played her last match ever, period. She lost out at the U.S. Open. I guess you'd have been in Winnipeg calling a football game. You didn't even see it. I did see it. No, oh, I you saw did? it. Did how, you tape it? How big, of a, st- how big of a deal that yeah. it was, was I got a notification yeah. that the first set or second set went to this 20-shot rally, and I kind of knew it was her last match. So I opened up my little Microsoft Surface here, and I put it on. Didn't really get to watch it because I'm calling a football game, but I had it on in the background. And when we went to a break or when I had a chance, I would peek over because I knew that was a moment of history. Okay, well, the reason I bring it up is you mentioned Saquon Barkley, and he was one of the stars in attendance at Arthur Ashe Stadium watching it on Friday night. So it was a historical moment. I'm not sure it's a where were you moment, but yeah. We got to run. Moose, I'll see you for overtime if you're up for it. Later. All right, Mo Khan joins us from Montreal next. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, available all across Quebec on Videotron and Rogers Cable, also Eastlink, live streaming on YouTube and WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. RP Show brought to you in part by Landmark Cinemas. The Invitation is in theaters now. The Invitation starring Natalie Emanuel after the death of her mother and having no other known relatives. Evie, that's Natalie Emanuel, takes a DNA test and discovers a long-lost cousin she never knew she had. Sounds like a rollicking wild story. Text MOVIES NOW. MOVIES, all caps, to 902-518-3033 and be entered in this week's draw to uh, win tickets and treats to landmark cinemas all across the country. We got questions coming in already from Mo Khan, our next guest, joining us from TSN 690 Radio in Montreal. And before we get to the football, Mo, good to hear from you, my friend. I got to open with the Montreal Canadiens, if you don't mind. I got them picked last place in the division, the Atlantic Division, opening this new season. Am I way off on that? What's your outlook on the Blue Blanc Rouge? Uh, Hat fans would actually be on board with that prediction, Rod. Uh, they would love to get that young man, Connor Bedard, in their lineup next fall and, and be part of that franchise. I think, realistically speaking, they'll be competitive from the vantage point that they are trying to put together an on-ice product that will have fans come back to the arena. But I think, in the long-term view of what the fans want and what I think will be the case, they will be at the bottom of the Eastern Conference going into this season. A lot of question marks about the future of Carey Price and some other guys who might be uh, let go or traded at some point. Uh, before the end of February trade deadline. So I think this, of course, we know will be a rebuild for this team. And they're going down to the bare studs of the foundation to kind of get this going in direction. And they have draft picks and also the acquisitions through the through the summer months of what they've had done so far. Okay, well, it is a rebuild, I guess. How long does Martin St. Louis have as the local star? They clearly love him now. How long do you think the love affair would last if they are struggling this year? Well, you know, Rod, when you look at Montreal fan base, right, they tend to throw rose petals at anyone that's innovative or outside the box. Martin St. Louis was outside of the box higher. 
Uh, many didn't think radar of the Habs, and he was, and now he is. And now, look, you're right. <laughs> Excuse me, because the reality is for this team now is that if they go on a three-game losing streak where they get outclassed by a total score of, like, say, 20 to five goals, they're going to get asked, like, well, is he the right guy? You only scored five goals and gave up 20. So I think that's going to be the key for Martin St. Louis this year and beyond, that can he handle the expectations? Can he handle the pressure that will be thrown at him by the media and from the fan base here and across Canada, around the world? That is he the right guy to be the man? And look, they believe that he can nurture Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, and the draft picks that they have coming up through the system. Kaden Gooley is a guy that they're really high on. So let's see what they do now. And let's not forget, Rod, they lost Luke Richardson to the Chicago Blackhawks. And that's a big loss for them because he was, uh, he was a common force uh, for the backline uh, defenseman that they've had on the roster. And now with this new staff in place, which has very little experience, do they have enough of that bandwidth to make sure this team's competitive? So a lot of question marks and answers going to training camp in a couple weeks. Um, Andrew Stout, big Habs fan, one of our regular viewers, says, no leash. For St. Louis, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm moving on to football now. I just wanted to throw that comment in there. And before I go any further, Oleg in Winnipeg says, nice salad, Mo." So there's that. Uh, your flow is looking amazing, by the way. You can't get a hat over that, I don't think, huh? I appreciate it. You know, I had his, you know, I had bronchitis, so I didn't go for my haircut. I always go to the fave each new month. And I had bronchitis at the beginning of August, so my hair was, was growing out for about 60-plus days. And I just got it done on Friday. <laughs> well, it looks amazing. Um, Colin, watching in Ottawa, says, can you ask Mo if he would be interested in being a play-by-play guy in the Canadian Football League? I think he would be great in a broadcast booth for our National League. Do you have designs on that, Mo? Uh, I hope so. I mean, look, I, I do play-by-play for, for U Sports University. I do it for Sage Up here, the CCAA. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed to work with the TSN guys in Montreal when they're here for the Alouette games behind the scenes. Uh, I've done it for the CEBL with the Montreal Lions this past summer. And we'll see. I mean, Rod, like you've done it before. Uh, you just got to be at the right spot, right time. If it, does a, if it does arise and it's the right situation for me, then no question. I'd love to do it. And the, the CFL, as you know, Rod, is a great brand of football. And as we've seen this past year, aside from the games that we had in the last few weeks where it came down to the last two plays or whatever, last five minutes of a football game, it's been a pretty decent CFL year for excitement for all fans across the board. 38-24, the Alouettes lose at home Friday night to Ottawa in a rivalry game for them. 38-24, Ottawa wins at Montreal. Just when I thought they were getting some stability in Montreal, massive turbulence there, man. What's the lowdown on the Alouettes right now as we sit here today? Yeah, I think a little distant because now with Gary Stern kind of taking himself out with the whole um, family ownership group, uh, that brings up the question about what's going to happen for the franchise's direction because, again, they brought in Gary Stern back in Jan of 2020, and it wasn't a Quebec or local ownership group they thought it would be, and now he's no longer in the picture, quote-unquote. I think on the football field, the reality was they have allowed Ottawa to get back into the playoff race for second place, and if Ottawa were to win against Toronto on the weekend, and Montreal were to lose to BC on Friday, I believe that Ottawa would jump over Montreal for second place. So they have to get the quarterback play much more sturdier than what it's been. Trevor Harris has been too Jekyll and Hyde for this franchise the last few weeks. He had an awful game on Friday, and they can't have that happen now because they're going to have a, East, like a very East-heavy division schedule coming up here with Ottawa three more times, I believe, two more times, I beg your pardon, Toronto a couple more times, and Hamilton included. They have to run the table here if they want to get second place because we know very well 
that with the crossover coming from the West this year, Rod, um, in all likelihood, that crossover team will probably have a strong chance to get to the East final play probably Toronto in mid-November. It's nice to be talking on-field stuff, obviously, despite the fact the Alouettes lost, but what is the vibe in the market in Montreal over this latest round of Alouettes' ownership um, confusion, I guess? Yeah, you can sort of say it's confusion. I mean, and, and no disrespect to Gary Stern. I mean, he was vibrant on social media, as we saw. Um, he tried to get more fans involved, which he did. Uh, but the reality is now that they have to go with a local ownership group to kind of stabilize the market because, unfortunately, you know, with Gary B. Fun, he didn't really understand what had to be done. The pieces in place in the, who's there, as you speak with Mario Cicchini, uh, Joey Alfieri, who you know very well, and others in that organization have done a really good job to raise the profile. But now you want to have a stable owner or ownership group that's going to say, all right, guys, here's the, the blank Go out there. What we have to do to make the stadium better, uh, get the best offense that we can do on the football stand, and make sure it's good. Because if that's stabilized, Rod, then this franchise becomes much more desirable to come play football and live here for half the year. So I think that's going to be the biggest pressing question for Randy Ambrosi going towards Great Cup Week on what happens with this Alva franchise into the winter months. Can they get a new owner before training camp next spring? I could not agree more. Well, I'll tell you what. Habs update. Alouettes update, quick and dirty. We got it all. Mo, thanks for the time, and uh, let's do it again soon, my man. Always, my friend. Have a great week, pal. TSN 690 Montreal's Mo Khan chiming in from La Belle Province. Okay, it's overtime next. Viewer takeover. We covered a lot of things today. Now it's your turn. We'll address it with your questions and comments. We'll be right back. Text us now, 902-518-3033. It's the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network. We're live streaming on YouTube. And, of course, 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It's the final segment. It's called Overtime. I'm going to jump into a sports update here. Before we bring the Moose back in, the Toronto Blue Jays try for their third straight win over the Baltimore Orioles today after winning both games of a doubleheader Monday. Mitch White will pitch for Toronto, while the Orioles will send Kyle Bradish to the hill. The Jays have won five in a row. That is a 7.05 Eastern first pitch. I should mention the Atlanta Braves are in Oakland tonight, 940 Eastern first pitch. Slugger Aaron Judge is chasing history as the New York Yankees host the Twins today. Judge smacked his 54th home run of the season in New York's 5-2 win over the Twins. On Monday, the right fielder is on pace to hit 65 homers, four more than former Yankee Roger Maris's American League record set in 1961. And Mitch Trubisky will be the starter on Sunday when Pittsburgh begins the post-Ben Roethlisberger era at Cincinnati. Steelers coach Mike Tomlin placed Trubisky's name atop the depth chart on Monday afternoon, just hours after Trubisky's teammate selected him as one of Pittsburgh's five co-captains for the 2022 season. This sports update is for Dark Horse Bets. It's Woodbine's easy-to-use betting app that brings the excitement of live stream races right to you. It's AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com, available for Android and Apple devices. Also for Baller's Rec Room, 
the Tap Brujos and Drive Through Liquor Store. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. It is overtime for the Four Season Sports Palace, the Moose. Let's bring him on in here. For some reason, one of the viewers brought up Mo Khan maybe potentially being interested in CFL play by play. That spawned viewers asking who the Winnipeg Jets play by play guy is going to be. All I can say is we understand he's been hired. We don't know whom. We know people that have interviewed for the job, but I don't. Apparently, they've made a decision. You were just in Winnipeg. Did you hear anything on who the television voice of the Winnipeg Jets will be replacing Dennis Bayat? Yeah, didn't hear a thing, unfortunately. Um, wasn't a lot of conversation around Daichi Field about it. So, yeah, I don't know. And I'm curious, as everybody else is, to see who it's going to be. So I'm not sure who they're going to have in the booth uh, this fall. Okay. From what I heard, decision's been made. I don't know who it'll be. I know who it won't be because people have been notified. Those are tough phone calls to get. Glad I don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, Ted, watching in Red Deer, says, Awesome show, Rod. Game of the week has to be Raiders at Chargers, Herbert versus Carr, and the new Josh McDaniels crew. That's what Ted says. And if I could add one more, Mark with a C. Mark with a C. Watching on YouTube. Regarding Montreal Alouette's home CFL games, he says, No more air horns, please. This is the one thing. If you watch CFL games and you got Twitter open, which I usually do, usually, especially if I'm watching the games alone on ESPN Plus down here, it's like you're watching with a big community, right? And all I see is this incessant complaining about these air horns in Montreal at Percival Molson Stadium. I've called do- literally dozens of games there in the CFL. I never noticed the horns, and I still don't notice the horns. But you know what? I don't listen to the play-by-play guys in, in just about any league. I've got the sound like at two. I'm watching the game. Unless it's a sport that's not really my number ones. Hockey and football, I don't listen to the announcers. Baseball, a lot of times I got it up. Especially if it's Buck, I'll have with the Blue Jays. But I just but it's a thing with me. Even when kids are small. In the backseat, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. Do you hear the air horns in Montreal? Because I literally almost feel like I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't. I mean, I hear them, but I don't really hear them. They're not a distraction to me. But on Friday night in Winnipeg, calling that Bison Ram game, there was a fan in Winnipeg that was he must have found the sideline microphone because that was distracting. All you heard while we're calling the game is you suck. Go home. You it was insane. And it was really loud. Our crew (laughs) made an adjustment and by. Three minutes into the game, you didn't hear him anymore. But it was pretty funny because that's all. It was like he was talking right into our microphones. It was funny. Uh, yeah, I just don't miss that stuff. You see me smiling because I've dealt with it so much. I feel like a lot of this stuff comes up at the end of the show where I wish we had more time. There's a referee yeah. right now. Well, we have four minutes. I can try and wrap this up real quick. There's a referee now. Well, he's not a referee anymore, but everybody... Where we're from knows him, Greg Johnson, the tornado hunter. He's got like 180,000 followers on Instagram. So when he was a referee in the WHL, I think it was his first game, he found my ice level mic. I was one of the first guys to put a microphone at ice level. So him and his refs, just before the game, they're in their little circle in front of the penalty box. He looks up and says, what's that on the glass? And Ken Stromberg, the guy that looks like Frankenstein, the, the penalty box attendant goes, that's Rod's microphone. He goes, no, it's not. Take that down. 
Well, I ripped the spit out of that guy. Every time he called a game after, who does he think he is? Ripping Greg John. Get out of refing. You're not built to be a referee. You're terrible. It wasn't very good. Uh, so I've lived with that kind of stuff before. All that kind of play-by-play stuff. Which, furthermore, I don't know what our intern, Braden Wozniak, wants to do in this business. I don't know. I'm glad that he joined us on our uh, morning meeting today. I don't know if he'll be on every day. You're the guy dictating what Braden's going to do. But I went and looked. He's new on Twitter, right? I said in the meeting, you got Instagram, but you got to get Twitter. You got to be active. You got to do this. This is what we do. I went and saw who he's following on Twitter. Obviously, you, me, Biz Nasty, but also uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, who all did he have on there? A bunch of NBA stars. And I'm thinking, I will have to get him down to Atlanta, go to a Hawks game. What do you say, Braden? <laughs> but it'd be a very interesting industry to get into now, right? And I'm always interested oh, yeah. in what everybody wants to do in this business. Last minute of play in the RP show. Because to me, traveling with the team and doing the play-by-play and doing the things that you're doing now, I've done in it. I could see it would be very exciting for a lot of people, but what I'm doing now is something completely new that nobody's ever done before, the way we're doing it, Yeah, you know? So, yeah, what does Braden want to do? Did he tell you, our intern? We're going to get into all that stuff, but it's, it's, yeah, very interesting time to be a part of this business, that's for sure. Yeah, buddy. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says the TV broadcast and radio are not in sync. Um... So they're having a debate about the broadcasting and all of this. So anyways, I'm going to shut her down for the day. We've got a lot to get to this week, Moose. I want to thank Mo Khan. I want to thank Hustler Patterson, our entire crew. Welcome to the team, Braden. We love having you, our new intern. And we'll see you all tomorrow. What do you say, Moose? See you tomorrow. Who has more fun than us? <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.